Hello, and welcome to the NLP Highlights Podcast, where we talk about interesting recent work in natural language processing. This is Matt Gardner and Walid Ammar. We are research scientists at the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence. All right, today's paper is titled Neural Semantic Parsing Over Multiple Knowledge Bases. This is a paper by Jonathan Herzig and Jonathan Barant at uh, Tel Aviv University in Israel. This paper I thought was interesting and really nice, and a paper that seemed obvious in hindsight, and was like, oh, duh, of course this is going to work. Why didn't I think of this? Um, the gist is that there are a lot of constructs in semantic parsing. Okay, let me back up a little bit. Semantic parsing is the task of going from uh, natural language sentences or text to some symbolic, some logical representation of that that can be executed against some execution engine. So think question answering uh, against a knowledge base. Or the domains that they use here are uh, some system that has a database and tries to answer user queries, like find a housing unit that is no more than 800 square feet. So like some use natural language interface to like a Zillow backend or uh, some New York Times database. Another example question is find an article with no more than two authors. And this is a query against a database of publications, like, I don't know, New York Times or Semantic Scholar or whatever. And uh, these natural language utterances find a housing that is no more than 800 square feet, get converted into some logical form, something like an SQL query, that gets executed against a database containing the data uh, that you can answer the question with, that all, like all of the housing units, for instance. The interesting thing is uh, getting annotations of these logical forms is hard or relatively expensive because you need people that are familiar with the logical form enough that uh, they can actually write down the logical form. And that means we don't have very many of these annotations. But it's still the case that things like quantifiers, things like uh, no more than or the most, should have pretty database independent logical form representations. So the most means I'm going to do some quantification and do an argmax over something, right? And so being able to map most to an argmax or something similar or no more than to a, a less than operation in your logical form language, uh, this, these things are consistent across the database that you're using as your backend, almost certainly. And so if you can augment your data by having a joint model that learns on several different data sets with different database backends, but similar logical form languages, you can do better at learning this mapping from text strings that talk about quantifiers to the actual quantifier symbol. So uh, they show, just in their first example figure, they have four domains listed, housing, publications, restaurants, and calendars. These are four different databases. And uh, the mapping from uh, like noun phrases, uh, like article and author, to uh, database columns and rows are going to be different between the different databases. But the quantifiers that you use are going to be the same across these different databases, which is why uh, training some domain adaptation model is, is helpful. So this now brings us to what they, this paper actually did. They said, here we have these di disparate data sets. Let's do some really simple domain adaptation in the vein of Haldame's frustratingly simple domain, ad domain adaptation, where you have some piece of the model that learns uh, jointly across all domains and essentially duplicated features 
or du duplicated feature extractors that apply to domain-specific problems. And they learn these two things jointly. And that's it. Uh, they show that it works well. Like It, it helps particularly with, with these quantifiers. Uh, and it works. And are the quantifiers one of the uh, more difficult things to parse in semantic parsing? Is this why this paper, uh, the, like getting them right or improving, making an improvement on them is, is an important contribution? Yes. So you can imagine um, housing. If, I'm, if I have a housing database, if I say find a house, it's really easy to map house to housing unit because there's a whole lot of string overlap. There isn't any lexical overlap between the most and argmax. And so uh, heuristics will get you most of the way for like mapping named entities or column names that you see in text to the actual strings that you need to use in your logical form language. But it's the stuff in between, the glue that holds these pieces together that's harder to learn. And if you get more data, you can do it better. And this is a way to share data on those pieces without needing to share data on the mapping from named entities or noun phrases to columns in your database. Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, for this to work, we need to make sure that the different data sets all use the same kind of logical forms or at least are converted to the same uh, same format. Or... Yeah, definitely. There is there is that issue. So if, if the databases that you're trying to execute on are sufficiently different, then you're going to have a hard time with this. So. Uh, Jacob Andreas's neural ne neural module networks on, for visual question answering also have like you you could think of this as a semantic parse of the question that gets executed against the image, in some sense. Uh, it'd be really hard to think about how to share uh, those kinds of mappings with executions against some SQL database, right? Ev even if uh, the question is like find me the most red part of the image, or um, which object in the image is the most red? I, I'm kind of making this up, but you can, you can imagine quantifiers that ask about things in the image. It's a lot harder to think about how to share um, this learning between um, these SQL, Lambda DCS databases and this visual question answering task, even though they're both doing semantic parsing. Right. Okay, so let's talk briefly about the experiments that they ran in this paper. Uh, as I said before, they used this like frustratingly simple domain adaptation idea. Uh, in, in, the context, in the context of a neural network, the way that this works, they, they used an, an encoder-decoder kind of framework, a sequence-to-sequence -sequence model, where you encode the natural language utterance uh, using some by LSTM or similar, and then you decode using an LSTM uh, to produce the logical form. And they, they used this representation called Lambda DCS. Uh, the way that frustratingly simple domain adaptation works in this setting is you have a domain-specific encoder and a general encoder. The general encoder gets, gets used for all domains, and uh, the domain-specific encoder gets used only for each domain independently. And so when you're training um, on one domain, you have two encoders, the domain-specific one and the general one. They both get used, they both do feature extraction. Um, and then their combined hidden state gets passed to, to the domain-specific decoder. And uh, that when you switch domains, you switch the domain-specific encoder and decoder, but keep the, the general encoder. Okay, uh, just a really simple model, um, vanilla sequence-to-sequence -sequence stuff. Okay, for the experiments, they use this data set 
uh, from a paper by um, Percy Liang's group a couple of years ago. The paper was titled Building a Semantic Parser Overnight. This paper was, was about how do you uh, build semantic parsers quickly uh, by getting annotations um, easily. And it resulted in a collection of eight different domains with specific databases uh, that had, on average, a little less than two 2,000 uh, sentence logical form pairs per domain. There were eight domains. And so they used this, this data set. In total, there were a little over 13,000 examples. The domains are things like basketball, clocks, calendar, housing, publications, recipes, restaurants, and social. And I gave you some examples of the, the kinds of statements that they're trying to parse. Um, so when they ran experiments on this, uh, the simple thing you can do, I guess there, there are two really obvious baselines. One is take each data set independently and learn a simple sequence-to-sequence -sequence model that uh, goes from the input language to the output tokens, the output logical form, and learn the models individually, compute accuracy on each individual data set, average the results. When you do this, you get 75.6% accuracy. The other obvious baseline is to take all of the data, pretend that there is no difference between these domains, and train one encoder and one decoder on all of these um, together. And if you do this, with a, there, there, there's one little detail you should read about in the paper, but if you do this, you get 78.3% uh, accuracy. And so you get a significant increase by just lumping all of your data together and pretending there's no difference. But if you're a little bit smart about it and use this uh, frustratingly simple domain adaptation idea, you get an additional 1.3% improvement. So you go from 78.3 to 79.6, which is not huge, but a nice result. So there was an earlier hypothesis in the paper that um, the, this, this method helps with the quantifiers because they're shared across all the domains. Um, are there any results to back up this hypothesis? Yeah, they, this is a short paper, so they didn't have that much room for really detailed analysis. But they do say that uh, there are a significant number of cases where they do better on comparatives and super superlatives, which are these quantifiers that you need to worry about, uh, with the domain, the domain adaptive version than uh, versus the independent version. I, they didn't specifically compare against the, the version where you train all of them together. Uh, so that's a little bit disappointing, but this is a short paper. They didn't really have a lot of space for like detailed comparisons. All right. Thank you, Matt, for presenting this paper. Next time, we will have Yoon Kim with us to talk about his paper titled Structured Attention Networks.